Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective. Today, we're talking about opportunities for their veterans and their family for employment. We're talking about opportunities um, that include parks and camping and recreation and learning more about licensing and permits. And we'll be talking about all of those things with the Department of Natural Resources here in Michigan. Uh, some of our guests today are going to be Tom Weston talking about licensing and permits, Gary uh, Jones talking about state parks and campgrounds, and Jeff Dell, who's a conservation officer with DNR, uh, to talk about law enforcement and career transition opportunities. We'll also be joined today by our guest host, uh, Michael Plady, who is a Michigan uh, Service Center Resource Center tech. And we'll be talking about some of those opportunities that you and your family can enjoy as it gets warmer. Stay tuned when we return from our commercial break. We'll be uh, diving in. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I'm Zanetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, and joining me right now is Michael Plady of the Michigan Service uh, Resource Center. So uh, he's with the MVAA, and we're going to be talking a little bit about recreation and outdoor and some of those opportunities out there for veterans and their families. So welcome back to the show, Michael. Thank you so much for having me back, Director. Yeah, so, you know, uh, we talked uh, previously about your veteran experience and you've served in the military and you, from what I understand, are quite the outdoorsman. Um, I'd like to think so. I at least enjoy it out there. I don't know how talented I am at some of the uh, uh, sports that they have, you know, that we have here in Michigan. But um, I do love spending as much time outdoors as possible, no matter the season. So what is your favorite outdoor recreation activity? I guess maybe through the seasons. Maybe let's talk about as we're coming up summer. What's your favorite summer recreation? Sure. Um, so my wife is a big swimmer, so we spend a lot of time at Lake Michigan um, during the summer. But I'm not a swimmer, so I like to say I'm out there rock hunting. Um, so that's the only way you can get me in the water is if I'm actually looking for Petoskey stones or fossils or things like that. So uh, you can find me on the lake shore um, up near uh, Fisherman's Island State Park, um, or just fishing. Um, I love um, the inland lakes. Uh, I love salmon fishing um, in the fall. So that's that's where you're going to find me. Well, that's great. And I, I will say this. Um, I am a I'm a, a toe in the water type of person when it comes to outdoors. I like to be outdoors, like with a screened porch. But, you know, I always used to joke, like, I, I was trained to fight. I was trained to shoot to kill. I was trained to do all these things, but throw some bugs at me and I'm done. Like, you just, you've <laughs> lost me. So, you know, when, he, when it comes with, are there going to be a bunch of mosquitoes or wasps or any of those other things outside, then you, I'm, I'm good. You don't need That's it. a no-go for you. Yeah. That's a no-go. So <laughs> this, this season right now, um, I know it's big in Michigan. There's actually some towns. I know you drive up north, you start seeing hotels things that are based around mushroom hunting. And uh, my wife and I went uh, mushroom hunting last weekend. It's a little early, but not too early right now for morels. It's kind of a big delicacy. We get some tourists up here, I think, even um, trying to hunt those morels. And, and it's, a, it's a good time being out in the woods, but it is buggy. Well, I'll have to let you come hike on my property so you can find some. I won't do it, but I'm so afraid of looking. For, I, I've tried to look at mushrooms. I'm like, I'd eat the one that's poisonous. So, um, <laughs> so out there, caution. Don't go hunting for mushrooms unless you absolutely know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, you mentioned some of those outdoorsy areas. It looks like 
you know, um, we are ranked number six on the top 10 states for outdoorsy get getaways. Can you talk a little bit about some of those places that veterans may be able to go and maybe some places they may be able to go for no cost? Yeah, absolutely. So tripsavvy.com, like you said, director, is ranked uh, Michigan number six for the top 10 states for outdoorsy getaways. We have the number one for most ski resorts, number two for most campgrounds, and also number two for most kayak and canoe areas. Um, we have the ninth most coastline of any U.S. state at 3,224 miles. And being in the Midwest, um, not a lot of people around the country would think of us as a high coastal state, but we have just an incredible amount of lakeshore here. And um, the National Park Service actually kind of manages and oversees six different parks um, in Michigan, and there are over 2.7 million visitors to the national parks here um, in Michigan. And so there's just an enormous amount of um, outdoor activity that can be done here between the DNR managed state parks, um, the local parks that your municipalities might run, your counties might operate. Um, there's so much to do outdoors here in Michigan, um, no matter if it's right outside your back door, right in your local county, or if you're traveling up to Pictured Rocks, whatever it is, there's something to do here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, you know, I never really thought about the national parks until I, I ran across something over the winter that talked about like you can get like a 15, 10 or $15 permit to go into one of the national parks and cut down a Christmas tree. I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, uh, where is the closest park so I can drive up there and go get a Christmas tree? I think that'd be a great outing for the family. But um, I, I think it's important to know that, you know, veterans now can can go to the national parks for no cost. So we have six that are managed by the National Park Services, like you said, here in Michigan. And so can you talk about some of the criteria for those veterans? Yeah, so av after uh, Veterans Day in 2020, uh, national parks that charge an entrance fee, a veteran actually can get a free annual interagency military pass. Um, all they need to do is present one of the following uh, pictured IDs when they go to the gates, and they can have the Department of Defense identification card or their CAC card. Um, the veteran health identification card, their veteran ID card, or any sort of veteran designated on a state-issued driver's license like we have here in Michigan or ID card. You can use any of those to get that free annual interagency military pass for any veteran um, here uh, in Michigan to those national parks, and you can go anywhere in the country with that. That'll be great. We're going to share that website in just a second. But what I wanted to just kind of put out there, too, you know, you mentioned the veterans designation, um, uh, you uh, driver's license. And here in Michigan, what I learned the other day is that um, if you're honorably discharged or even general under honorable discharge, you can actually get a veterans designation on your driver's license. So, you know, even those who don't necessarily have an honorable but maybe have a general under honorable discharge can get um, take advantage of this opportunity. So where can they find the information to take advantage of this opportunity? Sure. For the uh, National Park Service, you can go to nps.gov slash state slash MI, and you can see a list of the different areas that are kind of under the NPS control here in Michigan, and uh, take a look at where you're going to spend your uh, next vacation. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Michael. Again, great information. And I will say that if you can't remember that or you didn't have a pen or you were driving, you can always call us at 1-800-MISHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. And you can find out more information about how to get access to those parks or where to find the information. So when we come back from commercial break, we'll be joined by T Tom Weston of the Michigan Department of Natural Resources. And we'll be talking about... Uh, We'll be talking about some of those opportunities of licensing and permits. Stick with us.
Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now back to your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Joining me right now is Tom Weston of the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, or DNR. Uh, just for some information and awareness, the DN Michigan DNR is committed to the conservation, protection, management, use, and enjoyment of the state's natural and cultural resources for current and future generations. They strive to protect our natural and cultural resources here in Michigan, ensure sustainable recreation use and enjoyment, and enable strong natural resource-based economies, improve and build strong relationships and partnerships and foster effective business practices and, and good governance. So definitely looking forward to all the conversations that we're going to have with Michigan DNR today and the opportunity they provide to veterans. But first, we're going to be talking with Tom Weston. So welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you. And thanks for having me. So we've been talking um, today about um, natural resources and recreational opportunities for veterans in the state of Michigan. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do at DNR? So what I do at the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, I'm the chief technology officer and primarily responsible for all the licensing and the campground uh, reservation system, uh, but predominantly spent a lot of my time in licensing. You know, we've got over a million anglers, close to 800,000 hunters in Michigan. So just getting all those licenses and permits issued is uh, almost a full-time job. Well, I mean, that's great to know that we have someone so, so talented um, handling that. So you talked about some of the uh, uh, licensing. Now, I I don't hunt, so I'm not familiar with, with all of that. But can you talk about some of that special licensing available to veterans here in Michigan? Maybe maybe starting with like the hunting portion of it and what does that sure. look like? Sure. You know, we, we offer all, all Michigan residents and non-residents, uh, visitors to Michigan, you know, various hunting licenses, small game, uh, deer licenses, of course, fishing licenses. Um, you know, we sell off-road vehicle permits that are required for uh, use on the trails, snowmobile trail permits. But most importantly, what we offer um, some of the veteran community, uh, specifically disabled veterans in Michigan. Um, if you're a disabled, 100% uh, disabled veteran living in Michigan, uh, the cost for your hunting and fishing license is, is free. It's a zero cost item for, that, for those customers. Uh, that applies to the veterans who are 100% disabled and or as deemed by the VA, individually unemployable. Um, so we roughly have about 12,000 um, veterans uh, fall into that category and take advantage of those zero cost licenses each year. That's amazing. I, you know, that's that's a lot of veterans, but and we have a lot more in the state. So, I mean... Uh, hopefully some veterans out there who qualify those who are 100% disabled or who have 100% individual unemployability will reach out. So how, how do they get access to these these benefits? Sure, sure. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, we sell our licenses online. Uh, we sell our licenses at over 500 retail locations across the state. And a lot of these veterans um, will actually go into a license agent with their paperwork from the VA um, and present that to the license agent. Uh, the license agent will check a few boxes on their profile and then issue them a license. Once they've been issued that license under that 100% disabled or individually unemployable category, 
the next time they buy a license, they won't be required to provide that paperwork again. Uh, we went to a new system last year and we've automated the process of how we track those folks. And so I'm not really requiring them to bring that paperwork in every time they buy a license. Well, that's amazing. I mean, that's that's great. I mean, streamlining lining that because I know, you know, trying to keep up with paperwork sometimes with veterans who have PTSD and struggling with some of those other things that can be difficult. Yep. Very much so. Very much so. Um, the fit that we offer for, um, let's say, active duty military. Um, if you're active duty military um, stationed in Michigan, um, your licenses are zero cost. These are typically your hunting and fishing licenses. Um, if you're active duty military, but stationed outside of Michigan, perhaps you're stationed in California or someplace distant, but you still kept your Michigan residency, those, per, those persons uh, can get those hunting and fishing licenses at zero cost. And we roughly have about 8,000 uh, military folks take advantage of that each year. That's great. So what about National Guard? Now we, we've had several National Guard members who've been activated during the pandemic. Maybe they've gone to DC, maybe they're still on orders right now. Maybe they're on um, you know, uh, annual training or on their weekend. Uh, you know, what about those those members? Sure, sure. Good, very good question. For National Guard members, once they're activated and they're active duty, uh, they would fall into that category. So they could simply, um, if they're in Michigan, can go to retail agent. If they're outside of Michigan, they can easily go online and uh, check the box with their profile and be able to get those licenses at zero cost. That's great information. So, you know, we're talking about disabled veterans, and I know that many of them have accessibility issues. Um, are there, um, you know, recommendations for where people can hunt and fish um, that that are more accessible in the state, or is, is there a place that they can find that information? No, good question. Good question. On our website, michigan.gov slash DNR, uh, we do have an accessibility page. Uh, and we do have numerous areas throughout the state that are handicap accessible, whether it be for fishing, uh, waterfall hunting, et cetera. That's great. Well, and, and you know, we'll make sure that you have the information um, for those out there listening when we, um, uh, on our Facebook page, when we post everything. And as always, you can reach us at 1-800-MICHVET to get more information if you didn't have an opportunity to take that information down. So um, just another question, then we're talking about hunting and fishing. Are there any other outdoor activities in Michigan that would require a license that would go through your area? No, it's pretty straightforward. If you want to hunt or fish in Michigan, ride a snowmobile or ride your ORV on a, a state trail, you do require those permits. But if you're just out picking blueberries, you know, morel mushrooms are popping up all over the state right now. Um, those are all no cost. Those are all no cost. So we just want folks to enjoy those 4.2 million acres that we have available to everyone. Well, just make sure that I get a map of the morels so that I know where to go. <laughs> I've been hearing about those lately. So uh, <laughs> have, I don't know if I've had one yet, but that would be that would be pretty cool. So y'all are hearing that, right? You can you can um, you know ride those ATVs and hunt and fish, but you you need a license. So make sure you're doing that properly. Um, Finally, let's talk a little bit about the Independence Hunt. What is that? Who is it for? Sure, sure. And actually, we have two hunts that are geared towards uh, disabled veterans who are 100% disabled or individually unemployable. Uh, we have the Independence Hunt that really happens in mid-October each year. Uh, it's about a four-day hunt over, over the weekend. Uh, this is a private land hunt, and it's for hunters uh, on private land only. 
using firearm or archery equipment. Again, hunting private land during the independence hunt, these uh, these veterans who are individually unemployable or 100% disabled can use bait, uh, whereas bait baiting for deer is banned uh, pretty much throughout the entire uh, lower peninsula. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a second hunt for hunters as well, too. We call that our Liberty Hunt. Uh, this is available to uh, veterans who are 100% disabled or individually unemployable. Um, this Liberty Hunt takes place in mid-September. It's on private or public land uh, using firearm or archery equipment. It's typically just a two-day hunt, and, and these hunters can use bait as well, too, during this, uh, both the Liberty and the Independence Hunt. Is there a website that we can find out more information or um, where we can look to see when the next one is? Yeah, and that's, uh, and yeah, again, that's on michigan.gov slash DNR, um, being able to access that uh, independence hunt and when the dates are set each year. It's usually in September. Okay, great. So, so our listeners, they, you all know, you can, you can hear that, you know, that's going to be coming up and, you know, you got a few months to kind of get ready um, and check on the website to find out if you qualify for that um, opportunity and it's a great opportunity if you like to hunt to get out there before everybody else uh, hunts on open season so um, I want to thank you so much for your time today Tom and for really you know giving us some more information about licensing and permits and what that looks like here in the state of Michigan for DNR thank you thanks for the opportunity thank you and so when we return we're going to be speaking with Gary Jones from DNR. He's going to be speaking with us about state parks and campgrounds and, and some other great things that we can do here in Michigan for outdoors. Stick with us and we'll return soon on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Joining me now is Gary Jones of the Department of Natural Resources. So um, he's going to be speaking with us today about state parks and campgrounds. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Happy and, to be here. Well, and before we get started, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I I wanted to just kind of give a shout out, right? So you served in the military, correct? Yeah, it was, uh, 20 years with the Michigan Army National Guard. Very cool. Thank you so much for your service. And so I assume you're retired from the National Guard and are just enjoying life outside of the military? Yeah, I was retired from that after 20 years, uh, running concurrently with working for the Department of Natural Resources, which I'm still doing. So not fully retired. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody ever really does, <laughs> especially when they like to work. But let's talk about that. So let's talk about what you've been doing at DNR. So I, I recently heard that DNR is celebrating 100 years. Um, are the state parks the same age or, you know, what is that all about? Uh, well, it is the Department of Natural Resources officially turned 100 years on March 30th, which you know, started out uh, 100 years ago as Department of Conservation and morphed into uh, Department of Natural Resources. And actually, the state parks um, celebrated their centennial 100 years in 2019, as it was a state park advisory board set up prior to becoming a department. So actually, a couple years Earlier, the state parks became uh, uh, official, and now then, uh, here we are in 2021 with 100 years for the Department of Natural Resources. That's great information to know. And, and so I, I would love to know, I mean, if you know off the top of your head, how many state parks and campgrounds, I mean, I'm sure we have like 
I mean, I, I can't even think of the number. How many states and campgrounds do we have in the state of Michigan? Well, there's 103 state parks, um, but not all of them have a campground. Um, some of them have more than one. And in addition to that, Parks and Recreation Division now manages all of the state forest campgrounds, those rustic campgrounds uh, spread throughout the state forest system. And I do not have a number on the number of campgrounds, but there is a variety and quite a lot of uh, camping available. Oh, okay. Well, so 102 years old are the state parks and 103 state parks we have. I mean, we're kind of seeing some some correlations there. It's pretty cool. So I, I would say, you know, let, let's talk about a little bit what's going on right now. Um, we have been, you know, kind of living under, you know, uh, this pandemic uh, since March of 2020. And, you know, right as the, the season is starting to open, people are starting to go out to parks as it's getting warmer. Um, did you see any change? Did you see an uptick in people using the parks since they wanted to be more outdoors and indoors? Or did you see a decrease? What, what did that look like? Yeah, so a year ago when uh, when the pandemic really kind of took off here in Michigan and we started to see some restrictions, our, our state parks remained open to the public. However, most of the facilities inside them were closed. So there was access to trails and, you know, the state lands to, for people to get outdoors, which was um, much needed outlet um, at the time. And where typically we would see roughly 28 million visitors in our state parks in a year, um, in 2020, we had closer to 35 million. So we've seen a, we've seen a large increase in number of visitation. Our campgrounds didn't open till late in 2020 because of the shutdown of, of uh, facilities. So when we did open in uh, late June, they were, uh, full. We basically stayed busy right through the fall. And, and we're still seeing that increase in, in um, not just camping, but day use. We're, we're seeing increased visitation continued right through the winter and it's taken off again this spring. Well, and I would say that that's, you know, while, you know, the reasons for, you know, having to do more outdoor was, was negative. I think that, you know, looking at it, I mean, there, this is a, one of those silver lining types of things because people are getting outside more. I'm, I'm sure you all see that, you know, people are enjoying the outdoors more. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are getting either first time or getting back into, uh, you know, camping or fishing or fishing license sales were up uh, last year, hunting license. So there's a lot of people that's reconnecting with the outdoors and while well, for years looked for a way to get people to disconnect and get outside, unfortunately, it was a pandemic that seemed to start to see that change occur. I hear you there. So we, we talked a little bit about camping. Um, you know, do people have to make a reservation to use the camping? Is there overnight lodging there? Or do they have to bring their own uh, RV or camper? What does that look like? And so there's there's a variety of camping options. Um, we have everything from modern campgrounds that have full hookup RV sites to rustic camping to there's actually dispersed camping allowed on some of the state forest lands. But inside the state parks and recreation areas, you have to be on a designated campsite. Uh, there's um, so to make a reservation, which is really encouraged and recommended because we sites do fill up early. Uh, so there's there's a couple ways to do that. Uh, you can make them online or you can call a call center and there is a reservation fee that's attached to it, but you can make your campsite reservations up to six months in advance. And, uh, for other types of lodging cabins and lodges and yurts, that kind of thing, you can make that for a one year in advance. But, um, a lot of, if people looking for those summer camping at six month window for those popular weekends, it does fill up six months out. 
are there costs for those like those uh, lodging type things? Yeah, so the um, the the camping prices vary um, depending on rustic or or modern what the what's being offered. And when you get into the overnight lodging options, we have our traditional cabins, um, and those those vary in price based on how many people they sleep typically, as well as the amenities that are offered in them. A lot of them do not have plumbing. Um, they're just more of a sleeping type of structure. But we have full-blown lodges at some places where they've converted residences into um, overnight or weekly stays. And then more recently, we have newer options with some cottages, safari tiles, safari style tents, um, some geodesic, geodesic domes that are being in place at a few places. Um, and they just offering something different. And, um, and a lot of those have more modern facilities inside with bathrooms and things. And so the prices really vary um, depending on what's what's being offered. Great. And I know those are on state parks. So for, you know, most people in the state, there's a fee and we can talk about that. But just to kind of point out and to confirm for Medal of Honor recipients, 100 percent disabled veterans and ex prisoners of war, they receive free entry into the parks with the recreation pass, correct? That's correct. So the entry um, fee, not not really the camping or lodging fees, but every vehicle that comes into a state park, um, the recreation passports required for entry. And for those Michigan registered vehicles, and they would be issued that ex-person or war plate or disabled veteran plate or a Medal of Honor plate, that is that is their pass in the, in the Michigan State Park voting access site, state forest campground. Great, great. And so for everyone else, how much is it to get into a state park? Well, we encourage everybody to do it at the time they renew their, their vehicle plates at Secretary of State, and it is only $12 for per year tied to your vehicle registration. If if they don't purchase it at that time, it can be purchased later at a, at a state park, um, but there is a $5 convenience fee, so you'll pay $17 if you buy it uh, after your time of registration. And just, you know, before we wrap up, I, you know, there are ways that people can rent um, RVs. They can do RV rentals, boats, bikes, canoes, paddle boards, track chairs. They can rent those types of things too. Where can we find out all of this information about rentals, reservations, what website? There is a, a lot of wealth of information at the michigan.gov slash DNR website. Um, if they're looking for camping information, there's a, there's a, on the top bar that you can look at things to do and it'll give you by activity to help you start to sort through it because it is a department-wide website and there's a lot of information in there. But as you start looking at camping or starting to refine that search, you can get to all that information as far as the um, priority, <clears throat> excuse me, fireworks free. Fourth information, what locations they recommend for that, the track chairs available that you mentioned. Um, it, it's all on that website. Yeah, and thank you for mentioning that. <clears throat> We're going to wrap up, and I thank you so much today, um, Gary, for joining us. And I did want to just put it out there to all of those um, those listening that um, DNR does have a fireworks-free fourth uh, a program, and so you can find out more information at their DNR website. If you um, get lost or you don't remember that, you can always call us at 1-800-MISHFIT. That's 1-800-642-4838 to get more information. Stick with us, and we'll return soon on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now back to your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams.
Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I am joined by our last guest today. Um, he is a conservation officer with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources Law Enforcement Division, and we're, we're joined today by Jeff Dell. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So we're going to be talking about some of the employment opportunities, but first off, I wanted to thank you for your service. I know you served in the Army National Guard. That's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, veterans working in these types of fields, that's, that's, it seems like a natural fit. And so I'd love to talk to you about that. And, and I also want to congratulate DNR on being a bronze level veteran friendly employer. That's pretty impressive. So you guys are doing great work in trying to retain and recruit veterans. So um, just wanted to talk a little bit about maybe the career transition and job opportunities within DNR for veterans. Can you talk a little bit about whether there um, are career transition opportunities or what that looks like for veterans? Yeah, so like you stated, uh, the Michigan DNR Law Enforcement Division is a, a bronze-level veteran-friendly employer. Um, prior military experience is, is definitely seen as a positive attribute uh, when we're looking at candidates for Law Enforcement Division. Uh, at my recruit school, uh, I believe there was probably about 25% of the recruit school were veterans. And I know that uh, the Conservation Officer Recruit School Academy qualifies as on-the-job training. So if you have educational benefits through the Veterans Affairs, such as your post-9-11 GI Bill, that can be utilized while at the Conservation Officer Academy. That's great. What are some of those other attributes that you think would make, you know, an excellent fit for, you know, for a veteran to serve into the, in, 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 in the capacity of like a conservation officer? So, I mean, who would you want to, who would you want to serve beside what kind of qualities and attributes would you be looking for? Well, I think definitely uh, looking at it from a veteran perspective, the, the discipline that's instilled in the military, as well as the teamwork are probably the two biggest attributes that uh, we would be looking for. And I myself would, you know, appreciate being next to people that, that have those attributes. And so with you having served in the Army National Guard and now being a conservation officer, and for how long have you been doing that? I've been a conservation officer since 2016, and I was with the Guard from 2012 to 2020. Okay, great. And so you've, you've been doing this job for several years now. You know, why did, why this job? Why, what made you, what attracted you to be a conservation officer? I was looking for, you know, an escape from, the nine to five you know, office setting, uh, something outdoors and that job or this job uh, absolutely allows you to do that. Um, if, you, if you're a conservation officer and you did the same thing yesterday as today and you're gonna do the same thing tomorrow, it's, it's no one's fault but your own. You've got a, a huge amount of autonomy over what you do day to day. That's great. And so you mentioned the academy. So, you know, you know, when you think academy, I think police department, I think all these different things. You know, what does the academy look like? Is it, you know, how many weeks is it? Um, what, what are some of the things that you learn at the academy? Well, it might've changed since I went through, but when I went through, it was a, a 22 week long academy. It was held at the Michigan State Police Academy in Lansing. And it covered all the Michigan Commission on Law Enforcement Standards or MCOLs standards that are required to become a, a fully commissioned peace officer in the state of Michigan, which uh, that probably takes up about 18 of those weeks. And then in addition to that, you have all your, your conservation officer specific skills uh, investigating wildlife crimes, ORV laws, boating laws, marine law or uh, snowmobile laws, etc. So it, it was it's a, a live-in academy. It was it was five days a week, sun up to sundown. Wow, that's that's uh, intense. Twenty-two weeks. Um, that's that's half a year almost. So that's that's a really good training. I'm sure you all are learning a lot. 
what are what are some of the requirements then to become a conservation officer? Because at first, obviously, you have to meet these requirements before you can um, be eligible to attend the academy. So how, what does that look like? All right. So you have to be uh, able to lawfully possess a firearm in Michigan, be a United States citizen, be at least 21 years old by the time you graduate the academy. Uh, you have to become a resident of the state of Michigan by the time you're done with your probationary period, possess a valid driver's license with a good driving record, submit to a background investigation to make sure you're suitable for law enforcement work, and then have proof of that MCOL's physical fitness test. All right. So definitely suited for military. We're talking about a PT test, right? Yep. Yep. Similar to uh, the Army physical fitness test or other branches. I believe it sit-ups, push-ups, a shuttle run, and a high jump, I believe is what it consisted of. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that kind of answers one of my questions, how the military prepared you for um, the conservation work, you know, the physical attributes. Were there some other things? I mean, what 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 kind of equipment or tools do you use? Do you do you see any correlations between the military and the conservation officer or? Yes, I mean, it's an armed profession, just like in the military. Uh, you have communication equipment as well. Uh, you know, your radios, like any other police officer, you got a radio and your duty belt, your firearm. Um uh, one of the bigger things that separates, I guess, conservation officers from other law enforcement, and there are the parallels with the military, is, is the amount of vehicles that we have at our disposal. Uh, so in a typical season, I'll utilize boats anywhere from 25 feet to 12 feet uh, in length, canoes, kayaks, RVs consisting of uh, four-wheelers, dirt bikes, side-by-sides, snowmobiles. Uh, I think that about covers it. A patrol truck. So, I mean, it's a wide variety of equipment and then, you know, GPS, cameras, computers, there's, there's a ton of equipment involved in the job. Yeah. You know, you know, I often think when I'm, I think from the vein of, because I army, that's why I I served as well. um, I think from that uh, perspective on things, but just all the things that you just mentioned, it made me think of, you know, these are great. This is great for Coast Guard veterans, Navy veterans, Army veterans, Air Force veterans, you know, Marine veterans, you know, you name it. uh, This would be a great fit for them because there's there are tools that kind of play into all the different branches so that's that's great information to have um what are some of the benefits of being a conservation officer i think one of the best benefits in my mind is the flexible schedule it's hard to put a price on that uh being able to determine for the most part what hours uh, i'm working in a day if i want to start at eight or if i want to start at nine or 10 a.m and and continue and when to stop um you get a take-home vehicle uh, there's good retirement and uh, health insurance benefits, and you get to work from home. Okay, great. And so, are you out? Are you outdoors all the time in all climates, or is it is it some work like you said um, in home, some work outside in the parks? Like, what is that? How how does that look? Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a varied environment. I mean, uh, like I said, you do have some autonomy in your day to, you know, if it's it's raining and pouring cats and dogs outside, you're probably going to be inside maybe mm-hmm. catching up on some administrative tasks on your computer, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to get called out to uh, search and rescue or some other incident that you need to respond regardless of the weather. So you mentioned search and rescue, which I've, you know, I, I find the work of search and rescue um, workers, individuals, volunteers, very fascinating um, because, you know, they're doing, you're doing some intricate work as you're, as you're, you know, looking around for things and people, um, what other types of things do you do as a conservation officer besides their search and rescue? Uh, well, there's the law enforcement work. Like I touched on all the laws uh, relating mm-hmm. to the various uh, recreational opportunities in the state of Michigan, but there's also 
public outreach too with a hunter safety and ORV safety. You're, you're normally teaching a couple classes every year to, to kids and adults alike, uh, wishing to get certified in those. Um, it's also medical emergencies, you know, that you respond to as first responders. Wow. So for anybody out there who's interested in a varied work environment in um, a job that re- allows you to do different things, it's not mundane, it doesn't, it's not the same every day, then this, this seems like the perfect opportunity. Where can they find information about these positions? Uh, Michigan.gov slash DNR. You go to the law enforcement tab there. That'll give you a, a rundown of some of the job duties that I didn't cover today. Uh, it'll also, if you follow the Michigan DNR on social media or subscribe to emails, when we're hiring for conservation officers, we don't make it any secret. We, we put it out there. You can also go to uh, mitalent.org. Job postings will be there, as well as the State of Michigan job opportunities on NeoGov. Well, I just want to thank you so much, Officer Dell, for joining us today and for your service in the military as well and for all that you do to keep us safe um, outdoors. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And I also want to thank our other guests, Tom Weston um, and Gary Jones, who both joined us from DNR, as well as Michael Plady from the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Just remember that if you don't remember uh, any of the websites, even though it's michigan.gov backslash DNR, you can find all the information we talked about today there. You can always give us a call for those resources and other resources at 1-800-MICHVET. That's 1-800-642-642. 4838. And you can also call the crisis veterans crisis line if you're in crisis at 1-800-273-8255, press 1, or text 838-255. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next week on The Veterans Perspective.